The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. The three of us are back together for the first time in a few weeks, and we have a great show for you. It isn't every day that a brand new 3,500-room Hilton Hotel opens up, or three Hilton hotels all under one roof, but that happened this week in Las Vegas. Resorts World Las Vegas is now open, and Mark and I have both been there, and we're going to tell you what you need to know about Las Vegas' newest $4 billion mega resort. Plus, I'll recap my East Coast trip, talk a little bit about why I love the Jersey Shore, my experience at the terrible Newark Airport. Oh my God, it's the worst. And uh, some experience at Hyatt's in New Jersey, plus how it was renting a car out there. A full recap of my trip, plus American Express Platinum confirmed changes and increased annual fee. Are the new benefits worth it? We'll also have rapid fires and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. Search Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. You can find us there. Tell a friend. And if you want to dive deeper into the world of Miles and Points, check out our Patreon community, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. $10 a month gets you access to weekly bonus content, monthly chats, quarterly in-person meetups, private Facebook group, private Discord server, tons of fun there, a great community of people, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. What's up, Joe? How you doing? Pretty good. Hanging out. How you guys doing? There's nobody in the house right now, which is very rare, so it's pretty cool. That's why I can record from a child's bedroom. <laughs> so let's get into the to the show. Mark, you've been uh, you've been partying all weekend, huh? And then living it up at the new Vegas Resorts World. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in the the show. You got your beautiful Conrad hotel room sitting behind you as you record Uh, this live in our Facebook group. The shade, at least, because uh, I was trying to get like a view of Vegas because I have a nice strip view and uh, you can get some mountains and everything. But just the sun coming in, it was like white screen behind me. So I had to go in the corner of the room with my little curtains instead. Nice. And as a reminder, we do record this live in our Facebook group at uh, facebook.com slash group slash Miles to Memories or just on our Miles to Memories Facebook page. You can see it either way. So you guys can follow along every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, the only real time zone that matters to most people, I think, but uh, also 1 p.m. Eastern time. Let's uh, talk. We haven't, the three of us haven't been on the show together in a few weeks. So uh, we've been uh, alternating out and uh, it's good to see you guys. Glad to have the band back together. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. Although I cannot deal with Mark's Vegas voice, <laughs> even though he's only been there for twelve hours. No, well, we could call it Michigan voice because uh, we lost it uh, at the cottage with uh, some buddies drinking beers, having fun, and actually, you know, it's been kind of rough for like a week before that. So it's just been a thing. I even bought I bought some tea that I've been drinking. I don't even like tea, but I thought it might help a little bit. But yeah, is that spiked so with is- anything? <laughs> no, but it was yet. so hot that my Not lip, yet. like in the inside of my lip, burned. Like I, you know, when McDonald's got sued for the coffee too hot, like that's the level that they had this at. 
Mark's already working on his lawsuits on the new Vegas casino. Just trying yeah, to that and Crockford's soon Crockford's <laughs> for not having his hotel room, uh, hotel room ready. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all that because we want to talk a little bit about resorts world. And even though we have a lot more coverage on the Vegas side of things on the YouTube channel where we have a full tour and then we have our MTM Vegas podcast launching this week as well, where we're going to go even further in depth, but uh, we want to give people kind of an overview because uh, there's a lot of, I think, mainstream travel people interested in that. So we will definitely, definitely do that. But yeah, I uh, break pipes, somebody says in the chat. So uh, they're glad that I wasn't there on opening night because there was no pipes broken. The hotel room's not done. Not so. yet. Yes. Well, yeah, you, you tried to get a room at Crockford's and you broke it. So that's why they didn't open it on time. Well, there are some rooms done at Crockford's, Mark. So I think that just tells you where you fit in the... Uh, hey, the somebody importance. said Paris Hilton wasn't even getting a room over there. So... If she can't get it with her name on the side, you know, there's some issues. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think know. there's like I, six rooms done, something like that, out of like yeah. 400. I think, and I think the ones that are done are like the palaces, because that's technically part of Crockford's. They have these mansions, and then they also have these palaces that are by the pool with private pools, and they're multi-stories. I do think that those are open, but those are technically really for high rollers and stuff. So uh, not not for us, but uh, so how's everything out there in uh, in Boston, Joe? Yeah, we uh, have a heat wave going on right here, right now, and my daughter is in soccer camp, so I'm afraid she's going to like pass out of heat exhaustion. There's nothing indoors. It's like 95 here, although I hear it's like even worse in the Pacific Northwest right now. They hit record like 111 or 112, something crazy like that. Um, that's why I'm recording here again from a child's bedroom. You know, we have these ductless AC units like they have in... Uh, Asia and stuff like that because we don't have central AC and there's one in here. So that's why I'm hiding out in here uh, from the heat. I did read a statistic that only 44% of houses in Seattle have air conditioning while 90% of houses in Boston do. So you guys have it better back there on the East Coast. But can you imagine being like 110 degrees in the Pacific Northwest, no air conditioner? No, no, thank you. It's weird because like in Michigan, it's it was forecasted like seven straight days of rain. So it's like the Pacific Northwest in it in Michigan, like 95, 100 wouldn't be that unique this type of time of year. So it's like they swapped or something. I don't know. I'm like, how how is it raining for a whole week straight? That never happens, but we'll see. Maybe it'll clear up. Hope so. Fourth of July coming up, fireworks, all that good stuff. Yeah, that would uh, suck for everybody. Everybody's looking forward to the Fourth of July. It seems like just all around the country, everybody's planning for that big party. I know in Vegas, they're planning all kinds of crazy stuff, and I imagine the celebrations this year will be just a little bit more exciting than they have been in the past, no matter where you are. So hopefully the weather gets better. I did want to talk a little bit about my trip to the East Coast. And I mean, it was a lot of roller coasters and theme parks. So obviously I'm not going to talk a lot about that stuff because uh, this is more of a travel podcast. Although I did have a great time down on the Jersey Shore and going up to Amish country in Pennsylvania, riding coasters in weird places. But I wanted to talk first off about Mark's favorite airport, which is Newark, Liberty International Airport, <laughs> because I decided to fly. We decided to fly JetBlue into there and out of there. Now, it's kind of weird to me that JetBlue decided to finally start adding more flights to Newark, considering their presence at JFK. But I think that was a bad, bad idea because Newark Airport is uh, terrible. But Joe, I you know, like really porta potties that, that are painted. I don't. Well, that's good. At least like, they're since... painted now. Before they weren't even painted, man. 
Exactly. Like the last time I was there, the porta potties were just undecorated sitting in the hall. Now they put these bright colored paintings or whatever decorations on them. So there's a, a win right there. You got the porta potties doing well. But flying in, of course, isn't terrible. But flying out of that airport, uh, we ended up getting delayed. I think JetBlue has like three gates there and they have way too many flights in and out. So just really a terrible airport. And there's about half as much space as you need for the amount of people that they're putting in there. So I mean, it, it was just really terrible being being delayed there. One of the worst airports in the country. And just a reminder, if you're flying into the New York area, unless you can, if you can avoid Newark, just avoid Newark, at least until they get the new terminal yes. building done. And, and taking uh, the train into uh, the city from there is not enjoyable, especially with uh, when you get in Pat, like I, I tried to do it. I was going to do a write up about it two years ago. I didn't realize that on, I think it was on the weekends that World Trade Center was closed down for the as a stop. So we hop on all these trains and of course everything's delayed. It's running behind. It took like 30 minutes for the train to show up when we're at Penn Station in Newark. And then we get, you know, on path and then it drops us off in Jersey on the other side of the, the river. And you had to walk like a mile to get on a boat to take it across because the, the uh, final stop wasn't open. And I, <laughs> I hated it so much that I took all these pictures and I never wrote it up because I'm like, I don't want anybody to do this. Well, I've actually done that. And as long as the final station isn't open, you just go right to World Trade Center. So it's not Yeah, but it still, like like, an, it still would have taken yeah. like an hour even with that just because of their train schedules not super frequent and all that stuff. So if you time it perfectly, you might get it in like a half hour or so. But usually it's going to be like an hour just to get to the city. Yeah, you can also take New Jersey Transit directly from there all the way up to like Penn Station, I think, town. But I agree with you. It's not... It's not simple. It's not like JFK, though, or LaGuardia are quite simple either. I mean, they both are pretty time-consuming ways to do it. But Newark, it's just, it's just not a great airport. So that's just a reminder for anybody out there. Yeah, quick thing on Newark. Obviously, I grew up in New Jersey. We grew up about half an hour away from Newark. My parents now live 20 minutes away from Newark, so we still fly in and out of there a lot. Especially sometimes we like drive down to New Jersey, drop off the dog, and then fly from Newark to wherever. Plus, on vacations, school vacation up here is different from down there, so it's cheaper to fly from Newark sometimes. The thing about Newark is, when I was a kid in the 90s, there was all these delays and they're like, oh, we're just doing construction on the airport to make it better. And this was in the 90s. And it's 30 years later, they're still doing construction on the airport. They're still saying they're going to make it better. So it's like, it's been 40 years, you know, basically my entire life, Newark has been under construction and a mess. And so it's just like, it is the worst airport. And if it wasn't for the convenience of being 20 minutes away, uh, you know, I mean, getting into JFK is a real pain if you live in New Jersey. Well, and LaGuardia is even worse, but still, like all three of those New York metro airports are just a real pain to get into. So I'm sorry you had to go to Newark, Sean, but hopefully the rest of the trip was good. Well, it's a thing I always forget too. I fly into Newark or whatever, and then I remember all of a sudden, like, oh, that's why I hate uh, this airport. But uh, I, I mean, they've spent so many billions of dollars the last couple of years on JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark. It just seems like they could have built a mega airport that could have been modern and good. They, but they could have built a new island and put an yeah. airport on it. <laughs> they did. They made it a park. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's New York City for you. No, I mean we all love that area, and obviously it's a pain having to deal with any of those airports. But uh, Newark's still kind of lagging behind. I think the others. The one good area there was the rental car place. I was surprised at how small the rental car facilities are there. I don't think I had ever rented a car at Newark before. But National delivered. They had lots of choice. Of course, it was all like low end cars, even in their executive aisle. But I just went up to the guy, said, I'm executive elite. Do you have anything else? And then he just pointed to their premium aisle and he just said, take what you want. 
and I got like a Cadillac XT5, which was really nice. And I mean, it was a nice little upgrade to do that. So I was a little worried about, you know, not having cars, but they had plenty. So hopefully, I, mean, I know this is anecdotal, but hopefully that's getting a little bit better. The, the car apocalypse or whatever people have been going through at, at certain airports. And then, yeah, I mean, the Hyatt's same kind of thing, like that we're seeing everywhere. Mark's seeing this in Las Vegas right now. Just they're on skeleton crews. I mean, from the front desk, the front desk people were running like the food for the restaurant. The restaurants weren't open, so it was all like to-go stuff. But then they had front desk people running the restaurants and getting everything and still not housekeeping at a lot of these places. Of course, we were only staying for one night, but uh, just a good reminder that these hotels are just not back up to staffing levels that they're used to. And in both the hotels we stayed at were very busy. We stayed at the Princeton Hotel was sold out that night and it was just overrun with people. The employees were doing their best, but they were just, they were overwhelmed, it seemed like. Yeah, a theme all summer, maybe the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, our driver that picked us up yesterday, he works for Aria as well and then does like Lyft at whenever he has free time or feels like it. And he's like, we have 600 openings at Aria right now for like housekeeping and that type of thing. So he's like, they just can't get the rooms clean quick enough. And a lot of the uh, restaurants closed at like 11 on an opening weekend when the, the casino was packed all night. And you're like, you're, what are you doing? And then they, the one restaurant that was open, they have probably like 100, 150 tables. And they only were allowing seating at 15 of them because they just didn't. I mean, they had a staff that they could have done better, but the staff just didn't know what was going on half the time. So you're running into that issue. You know, Peppermill in Vegas is a place I love, and it's usually 24 hours. It's closing at 11, and it's re like reservation only and stuff. So everywhere you go, it's, you know, we saw it in Alaska when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Everywhere you go, it's a struggle just to be able to eat, you know? So it's crazy. Sorry for the screechy eat there <laughs> that michigan voice yeah it's crazy leslie my co-host on uh, disney decipher she's in north carolina visiting her family and she said that at charlotte airport the chick-fil-a shut down at like 5 p.m and there was like a riot like near riot at the airport <laughs> i can imagine so uh her recommendation which i agree with especially if you have kids just eat at five o'clock um before any of the Rushes. I tried in Alaska. I tried to eat at three. I tried to eat at four. I still couldn't. It was still like a 45 oh, minute wait. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous because we're going to Acadia in Maine next week and we have a couple of dinner reservations. We're going with another family and they met us made reservations beforehand. But, um, you know, we tried to match some of the reservations even last week, which is two weeks in advance. We couldn't match some of the reservations. And so I'm a little bit nervous. You know, I'm hoping there's at least like a McDonald's or something if we need to find something because I, I've heard that national parks are like super packed all summer. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's just everything's going to be stressed to the limit. And just if you're traveling, and we've said this before, but just have have patience. What Go was to the grocery that, store. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> just buy, buy like to go sandwiches, I think, a lot of times yeah, and, and fill your, up your fridge or whatever. Cup noodle is dinner. There you go. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. With Leave kids. the ramen inside the coffee pot for Sean when he comes yeah. back the next day. Like they did, like they did in the, in Atlantis for me. Yeah, but with kids, you have to be flexible like that anyway. And then trying to like have specific restaurants or things that you want to do, it's just not a good idea right now. So I mean, there's just a way to travel right now, and it's just going to be flexibility above everything. And I, the other thing, I mean, I hate to bring up masks. I just want to say, like in New Jersey, masks aren't required if you're vaccinated. Hyatt was still requiring them nationally. I think of their properties. So they still had the the thing up there, but then it wasn't being enforced. So uh, I'm only saying this not to be political in any way, but just to say, if you're the whole mask thing is still an issue for you, I'm seeing like less and less enforcement, 
even in places that have the mask rule. So that's just something to sort of keep in mind. And then the Jersey Shore, man, that was you guys both from Jersey, right? I mean, have you uh, spent some time on the Jersey Shore, both of you? Yeah, they call me Snooky. GTL, baby. Yeah. Where, I mean, where on the Jersey Shore did you go? Um, I went all the way down. Oh, God, I forget the name of all these towns. All the way pretty far south to uh, where Maurice Piers is, which I forget what the name of that city is. And then Seaside Heights and Point Pleasant. And, of course, I was all the way up to Atlantic City and further north of there. So I hit up different parts of the shore, hitting up some of the piers. They have a lot of really cool amusement piers there that date back, uh, way back in 50, 60, 70 years. And then there's, you know, you remember the pier the, during Sandy, the whole roller coasters washing away into the ocean? Yeah, I that? think that's the, I think that is the boardwalk that I hung out at when I was a teenager. What's going on with that? Well, that's all been rebuilt, and I had actually visited there in 2011, so I was happy to be able to see it before all of that. But it's all been rebuilt, and there's a lot of new rides there and stuff like that, so it's fun. But I love the Jersey Shore just because it's kind of like a little bit of Americana. Like, it's just this little taste. You know, it just seems like everybody from that area, this is the place that they go for their summer. This is, you know, the place that families are bringing their memories. It's great food, great atmosphere, good people watching. Of course, you can see the Jersey Shore house if you're a big nerd of the old Jersey shore. It's a little show, kitschy but... too, which is kind of yeah. fun. Well, isn't America kitschy, you know, when you, when you kind of boil it down, maybe not the fancy hotel Mark's staying in right now, but it's not even that fancy. <laughs> no, but I think all the reasons people love to make fun of New Jersey are the same reasons that you would love the Jersey shore, you know, a little bit over the top, a little bit sort of old school, but just fun and interesting place. And, you know, you're on the ocean. So you got the, you got the water. It's a cool place to spend the summer Atlantic City, you know, still not my favorite place, Joe. I mean, it's not a place I would want to spend too much time. I The they, casinos there have gotten nicer. They spent some money, you know, since I was there, Taj Mahal closed and it turned into Hard Rock and Revel came back as Oceans. And those are some really nice places. But the city itself, just when you go further south on the shore and see some of these nice areas like Point Pleasant, you're like, yeah, why would anybody come to Atlantic City? And it's unfortunate because it's kind of a cool place, but. Uh, not for me. Well, it should be a cool place. They have everything that yeah. you you know you want in the summer. It should be better than Vegas in the summer because you do have a beach, you do have an ocean, you have killer views from a lot of these restaurants and bars and stuff, and you have a boardwalk. And it's just you know I don't know what the deal is if they can't get enough people to come. But the boardwalk has just like crappy little t-shirt shops, and it's kind of like the same thing over and over. And there's not a ton of food options outside of the casinos, um, which I thought was surprising. But I really wanted to love Atlantic City, and you just it just doesn't work. It's something about New Jersey. We have like great ideas, but we cannot execute them to save our lives. Like Atlantic City, bust. American Dream, bust. At least Atlantic City will probably survive. Like American Dream is going to be one of those ghost malls probably in like the next decade. Or so, unless they just like skiing. it to be something. Just yeah. go for skiing. It's just, yeah, it's just going to be skiing. Yeah, that's where you go to ski. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey is crazy. The other thing I learned about New Jersey, obviously you have the, the New Jersey left, which Mark likes to call the Michigan left, but where you have to loop around or go right to turn left. It's terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Joe's making the, the shape no, of the like, clover leaf. No, I love it. No, this oh, you is love hard. That? I love it. It's better for traffic. It's so better. good. It's not, it was better for, they thought that in the 1960s, but they've taken away almost Sean, all Sean, have you driven around leaf. Vegas? They need Michigan lefts because it's garbage here. Wait, you do the Dude, same thing? So no. You have jug, yeah, you have that's not, we have like some of the you best jug traffic in of any city with 2 million people. But anyway, I'm not saying that we, we know everything. I'm just saying that they spent like billions of dollars removing these cloverleaf exchanges and stuff like that because it's terrible. 
and it doesn't it causes more now, accidents because of the merging wait, of traffic. Wait till you come to Michigan and get the roundabouts, man. Those like people I love do roundabouts. not. People get so freaked out by those. But then you go to places like you know Mexico City, or you go in Europe, and they have these like eight lane roundabouts, and people just figure out how to do them. And in America, we can't even uh, figure out a four way stop. So the key is to just keep going. That's the yeah. Thing. Don't yeah. don't don't, don't think freak about out. it. Never That's stop. Like when you're what? Just in keep the, driving. The countries that have a whole bunch of bikes and stuff, you're like just keep walking. They'll adjust to you. Don't stop. Then you get hit. Oh man, I almost got hit so many times in Amsterdam with those aggressive bike riders and yes. the bells, and they like they hit it. You turn into like a deer in the headlights. You're trying to figure out which way yeah. to go. Like and then they get I... so mad, and then they're Tourist. trying to adjust to you. Oh god, I remember. I'll never rem- forget this. I was doing that once. This guy's ringing his bell really aggressively, and I try to go left to get out of his way, and he goes left, and I try to go right, and he goes right. And then he just like looks at me in his biggest Dutch accent. He goes, F you. But he said the actual word. He just looks back at me. He goes, screams in his Dutch, F you. And he just keeps going. I was like, all right. That's the thing. Like you always, you know, you hear cars and stuff and, and you forget to like really look well for bikes because you don't hear them. And then you just kind of turn. You're like, oh, crap. Sorry. Like one time I had to grab the handlebars and stop the person because she yo, was going to hit me. Yo, you say wow. that, Mark, but I swear that my end on this earth is going to be due to a Tesla or a Prius or something sneaking yes. up on me because when Priuses started being on the roads, like I would be in a crosswalk and then like all of a sudden there would be a car next to me. And I'd be like, Oh crap. Like, you know, you don't hear them coming up on you. Well, and those like in these bike cultures too, they're going fast. Like in the Netherlands, they're not coming slow. Like that would be a serious injury if one of those bikes hits you. I don't know. Good to know, Joe. I'll sneak up on you on my Tesla. One of these days, you just be walking around. <laughs> Yeah. The pro- the problem in Vegas, though, is the air conditioner compressor is so loud in the Tesla, or at least in mine it is. So I think the newer ones are a little quieter that you hear my car because the air conditioner is running. So it's like, you know, so Tesla you needs all to the benefit the, of it being silent. Need to improve their stealth systems, you know. I think they have. I think they've gotten uh, they've gotten better with it. But yeah, I mean, that was a good, you know, overall experience on the Jersey Shore. It was fun to get out. Tons of people everywhere. Just like we're seeing in Vegas was like packed. Atlantic City on a Sunday night. We pulled into town around 11 p.m. and we're out there till about 1 a.m. And I mean, just wall to wall people on the boardwalk, the Hard Rock, the old Taj Mahal, packed with people. Just so many people everywhere. The Jersey Shore was packed too, so there are yeah, people out. I feel yeah, but everybody I think that's going out to these like Vegas, Atlantic City, all that stuff. They're just going there to be there. Like it's not the normal experience of they're going there to go gamble or go eat. They're just like. Hey, let's go to Fremont and walk around. Let's go to the let's go to the boardwalk and walk around. Let's just be in a group of people because I think they like missed being around people. So it's it's weird. And then you have all these tourists everywhere, and you can't get enough staffing, uh, you know, to do it. So all these restaurants that struggled for a year, people are banging down the doors trying to get in, and they just can't get people to to work. So it's kind of crazy. It's really unique to see. Everybody seems to have a lot more leisure time these days, but they can't do anything with it because you can't get in anywhere so save two years worth of vacation time everybody i mean yeah everyone's got two years worth of vacation yeah yeah because everything rolled over for everybody like you think about it uh they're like hey you know we're gonna push this out whatever so it's kind of crazy it's really a unique time for travel for sure yeah but have patience and if you can move your vacation from the summer to uh, to the fall when people aren't traveling as much i think that that's not a bad idea quite honestly or at least some of the more crowded places you know if you can go in october during the week compared to right now why not do that i mean that's just that is what it is all right and speaking of travel mark is at resorts world the brand new mega resort four billion dollars on the las vegas strip and i have a whole tour 
of the property except for the hotel rooms on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. It's uh, a beautiful property. I really liked it. Mark is going to talk a little bit about his experience staying there. I'll be staying there tonight. So we'll be talking more on this week's MTM Vegas podcast. Search MTM Vegas in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts. You know, it's our new show launching this week. So check it out. Subscribe. Leave a review if you like it. Again, MTM Vegas podcast. But Mark, how has it been at the Conrad? Staying at the Conrad, which is the mid-tier hotel there, right? Yeah, and, and when you think Conrad, it's really, you know, upper tier for Hilton. It's uh, I put it almost pretty much on level with Waldorf. I've stayed at Conrad's that are better than some of the Waldorfs I've stayed at. So I would say it's supposed to be a top-tier brand. Um, for this, this particular Conrad, I think it's probably like one of their lower-end Conrad's. And uh, Ian Snyder, who writes for the site, is staying at the Hilton. And it's basically like the same room, same furniture, just different colors, a little bit different. Um, I think Conrad's slightly bigger. So I found that kind of interesting. It's probably one of the nicest straight Hilton brands I've seen. And then the Conrad's probably one of the lower end Conrad's uh, I've seen. So I thought that was interesting. I would say, you know, if you do want to stay here, just stay at the Hilton. There's no reason to do the uh, upcharge for Conrad. There's nothing specific that you get that's better maybe well you get a joe wanted to talk a little bit about breakfast so you get 25 dollars breakfast credit versus 12 dollars at hilton if you uh if you're a gold or diamond member so if the award or cash price is about the same that could play a, a role in your decision for sure yeah that's kind of the mini overview and then i was supposed to stay in crockford's which is their uh, high-end saint regis four seasons type of brand that just launched i think in like 2018 and this is the first one in the U.S. So I was really excited about that. That's the only reason I flew out here. And as I'm on the plane, I'm starting to read that, hey, Crockford's isn't open. They're just pushing people to Conrad and not really even telling them. One, waiting till they get there. And some people checked in and they just gave them Conrad keys and didn't say anything. And then uh, two, offering no type of compensation for it. Uh, so I went and talked to them last night and I was like, Hey, what's the deal? You know, I hear I'm not going to get the room. Can I just stay in my same Conrad room so I don't have to move around? They said, sure. I said, what what about compensation? Are we getting Hilton Honors points, something? He's like, oh, we're going to notate your account that next time you stay here, you'll be given a suite if possible. I'm like, what? what's that? That's assuming I want to come back, one. And two, that's not even a guarantee. Like, give me, if you say next time you come, it's on us. That's That's a totally different thing. But this is outrageous, you know, for Hilton before I've had an issue where there was no pool and I wasn't warned ahead of time. And the check-in lady was really rude. And they gave me like 20, 30,000 points just for that. And you're launching this premium brand, the first one in the U.S., and you shaft everybody and you don't say anything. You don't offer anything. You're not. I got a call at midnight last night to inform me that I wasn't going to have my room. Midnight Vegas time, 3 a.m. my time, which what? So you know, that put a bad taste in my mouth. The way they handled it is poor. I ran into a similar issue at Baja Mar and Hyatt called me a couple of weeks before and said, Hey, it's not going to be open. We're sorry. Here's 40,000 points type of thing. And that's, you know, I would have been understanding. Everybody would have been understanding sad, but when you have something like this, you have to be proactive with it. Yeah. I mean, I think that they did mess this up a little bit. It's interesting because this is a casino very much built in the Macau sort of tradition in these multiple hotels. If you see how they're very separated from each other, they each have their own lobbies. This is not something that was done very often in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas has its own sort of service culture that's different from these multinational brands. And while we've seen partnerships, I was interested to see how it's sort of all integrated. In Macau, if you stay at the Conrad there, for instance, as a diamond member, you're treated almost like a high roller in the casino. 
it's almost as if the casino culture has taken over the hotels there. And here it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And so it seems like there's some sort of disconnect between the, the Hilton brand and how they would want that run and then the way the hotel is doing it. And that's the the surprising part to me is this is, I think it's like 200, 240 rooms. So it's the smallest of them by far. And it's where they're going to put their whales, their high rollers. And the guy said, you know, that's where all our suites are. So they don't have like any suites right now. So why would you not focus first on that? If you're going to come up short on something, leave a couple floors of Hilton unfinished. You know, that should be your first thing, I would think, because that's where all your big players, you're launching this new casino. You want all this new money because your loyalty program isn't tied. It's not like it's a new MGM property. So you want these whales to come in and be really impressed and switch their loyalty from Caesars or MGM to Resorts World. And you just completely mess the bed and have nothing ready. And then you don't even inform them or do anything about it. So it was it's really, really bizarre. to me, though, that you're sort of talking about when you're traveling everywhere and there's staff shortages and you're forgiving that. But then on this case, I mean, the fact is they couldn't get enough construction workers to finish the, the property on time. But they finished they, the other one, so you could have prioritized better. That's, is that's my different. I mean, you're, you have completely different people working on those projects, on those hotels. And I think that if there was any way they could have done it, they would have. I, the only thing I know is that pretty much every Vegas casino when they open is not finished in some way or the other. The reason I think Virgin got so much flack is, first off, because they didn't deliver a high-quality product, which I think Resorts World is delivering high-quality product. But also, they said, we're done two months before they opened. They said, we're finished. We're just waiting for the market to get better. And then when they opened, they weren't even halfway done. So they lied to us. Resorts World, they hedged a little bit because they announced this 24th opening date of June 24th. But then they said it's a soft opening, saying that July 4th weekend is their actual opening. And that was their way of hedging as they got closer saying, we're going to open the doors, but we're not ready. And they're clearly not ready. There's just a lot of venues that are not done. But I real quick, because you know we'll talk more about this on the podcast, but what are your sort of thoughts on the quality of the property itself? Let's say they get these hotel issues ironed out, some of the payment systems ironed out. The bones that they built, was it pretty good? The bones are really good. Um, I'd put it right up there you know, with the Bellagio's, the Winds, the Encore type of thing. It's really beautiful. The, the architecture is nice. You know, they have unique things like they have a big like metal sphere that kind of reminds me of like the kidney bean thing in Chicago. And it says Resorts World on it. And the restaurants look really pretty. Some of them aren't open. Like there's an Asian uh, restaurant that looks amazing. It has like flowers coming down from the ceiling. It looks really, really cool. But that doesn't open until um, the July 4th weekend, I believe. So walking around, yeah, the, the casino is really well done. And everything just kind of flows well together. Uh, the only issue that some people have is they can't find the Crockford's lobby uh, because it's like you follow the signs and it takes you to Conrad Crockford's this way. And then you have to walk through this door that looks like an employee door because there's no signage. So you don't know. And then you can also walk through um, their high limit gaming area. But it's like you have to go through a maze of like three or four sections before you get back there. It's all and, intentional. Uh, you know that, right? Yeah. They, they the Crockford's lobby unless you know. They don't. Yeah. They don't want people there. there. So but. The people that are supposed to be there, you probably are going to have to ask somebody how to get there. And the lobby is really beautiful. The bar in each hotel has their own little lobby bar, which I think was kind of cool. It's kind of like a set back from the casino. So you, especially the Crockford's one, really quiet. Um, we we hung out at that bar for a little bit and it was uh, it was really amazing. So I will say all the bars are really beautiful, even the ones in the center of the casino. So all that's really well done. The restaurants look like they'll be good. Uh, they struggle with some food and, and staffing for sure. But I think that'll all be ironed out. But it'll be definitely top 
you know, four or five properties, I think for everybody um, that likes the higher end market. Yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking on our longer podcast about this where we can discuss, get nerdy and compare it to some other properties and where it's trying to be. Because I think it's very unique in that the Hilton Conrad room is probably not as nice as somewhere like Venetian or Wynn, which is something that we would agree on. But Crockford's maybe a step up above Wynn Tower Suites or Aria Sky Suites, or at least that's what they're going for. Obviously, we haven't experienced the rooms yet because it's not open, but... Um, so it's interesting how they're trying to position this. Also very much going for a younger demographic, I would say, uh, because of all the technology. And it feels very modern. And I, I mean, I loved it. I really did love it from, I was from a, top to bottom. Yeah, the uh, the cashless betting and stuff uh, is glitchy. Um, so they're trying to go to that where you download an app and you can load it with a credit card or a bank account or whatever. Um, and then you go to the table and you scan your QR code and they're supposed to give you chips then. And you go to the cashier, they scan it and they can cash it out. They had an offer and it's still going on where if you deposit a thousand dollars, they'll give you $150 and people are doing that and just going straight to cash it out. And you also get the credit card fees, usually like 3%. Um, so for the first load I did it and it was like a $29 fee. They're saying it's not supposed to uh, charge cash advance. So I'll wait and see and I'll update everybody when I, when that settles, but um, you get the $29 fee back on the first load right away. And then you can go to the cashier and cash it out and, you know, make a quick 150 bucks. I actually tried to gamble with it at the table and they struggled. Uh, it was glitchy. So they weren't able to make it work. When I went to the cashier cage to cast it out, they didn't know how to do it. So a manager had to come over and show them. So some learning uh, curve there for sure, but it will be interesting to see how it plays out long-term. Yeah. And they do still take cash, thankfully. So if you just want to go old school Vegas and give them cash, they'll take that and uh, you can cash out and, and uh, move money that way without having to deal with all the technology, the digital wallets and all that. But that's probably the future of Vegas casinos in a conversation uh, for another time, but uh, certainly a lot to work out there. But as I said, check out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, a full property tour. You can see the pools, the outside, the inside, how it all looked on opening day. I went there about 5 a.m. after all the opening night crowds left so that I could actually show the property instead of just showing the back of people's heads. And uh, people seem to like that. So check that out. And then Search for the MTM Vegas podcast in your favorite podcast app. We're already up on Apple and Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, there's a kind of a, a test episode up there, but on Wednesday, uh, June 30th. So by the time this is out, the first episode will already be up there and uh, you can uh, check that out each week. So before we finished up, we wanted to discuss the changes to the American Express Platinum card. These have been rumored for a while, and we now have confirmation. The annual fee is going to go up to $695, and that's for anybody who's getting the card after July 1st, 2021. If you currently have the card, money. Yeah, yeah. And if you currently have the card, when it renews after January 1st, 2022, your first renewal will go up. So Mark, they're adding some stuff, raising the fee. What exactly are Platinum cardholders going to get that's worth $695 a year? Yeah, so it's basically a, a big coupon book now, like a very expensive coupon book, the way Amex is doing these credits and everything. But um, the new stuff is a $200 hotel credit, and that's going to be through their fine hotels and resorts. So if you book through them, you should get $200 off. So anybody that goes to Vegas and uses that, that'll be like easy money. I've never used uh, FHR. It just doesn't work in my the way I travel. So that's worth basically nothing to me. $179 clear credit, which is nice if you use clear. If you don't, clear is pretty awesome. You usually can get it at a discount or get like months free, like three months free at times. So I'm sure people will discount that some, but if you're paying for clear already, 
there you go. But it kind of makes the Amex Green $100 credit less valuable because you wouldn't carry both cards then. They say more lounges. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Premium private jet program. Nobody will use that. The Equinox credit, $300. People had wondered if maybe they could use that to buy clothes in the store because Equinox is like a $200 a month gym. That's a $25 a month credit. So that's probably in its four subscriptions. So you're not going to really get value out of that unless you're already paying for Equinox. And then well, the they other do have, Mark, they do have their competitor to, uh, to Peloton, their yeah. digital Equinox Plus. That's true. But I think it's more expensive, like twice the price of Peloton's app. Yeah. Pay twice as much to use that credit. And then the last thing, and this was kind of the make or break uh, spot for me, the $240 digital entertainment credit, you know, $20 a month for 12 months. I'm like, oh, if this works like they did last year with their credits, that'll be, you know, So easy this money. works on Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus oh, and all the stuff no. that we want, right? Right? No. Right? No. no. Uh, it works on awesome things like Audible, Sirius XM that you can get for like 20 bucks if you just call and complain, Peacock, and New York Times, and end list there so i don't know i'm sure all these companies paid them to put their name on there that would be my guess so you know it, it could be worthwhile to some people it's basically worthless to me i guess i'm going to sign up for peacock for a few months and watch uh, tombstone or whatever that kevin costner show is everybody loves the friends reunion was on peacock right so we gotta no we gotta that was hbo that. max you would yeah, think HBO max. peacock <laughs> to step so joe what do you think i mean is this all going to be worth $695 a year. I mean, there's a lot of places where you have to check the boxes in order to get your value, right? I will say real quick uh, that all the old stuff is staying, like the SACS credit, the airline fee credit, the Uber cash. So at least that's what they say for now, that those should all be good. So we're going from 495 to 695 or 595 to 695? 550, 550 right? yeah, 145 bucks. So I, it's, a, you know, Mark, Calling it a coupon book, that is the perfect description. And that is, I guess, the problem because if you're old enough to have used coupon books, you never use up all the coupons. And so maybe you not don't get your full value. I think Clear is definitely worth it. Even if you use it a couple times a year, Clear makes a huge difference. It beats TSA PreCheck at most of the airports that have Clear. So, you know, that credit technically from 550 to 695 the $179 Clear credit will cover that. So that's pretty good, but that's a real swerve. I didn't, I guess like, yeah, they got me because I just assumed the entertainment credit was normal. And until you pointed out, like, I thought that Audible and that stuff was examples of what you could use it for. But now that you pointed out, Mark, that those are the only things you can use it for, that really diminishes the value. Um, the Equinox credit is fine, I guess, if you're going to use the digital app, like my wife has the digital Peloton app through our Chase card. Those things are good, but you know, these are all, I don't know. It's just so much nickel and diming. It's, it's, it's a little bit tough to swallow though. We'll have to see what it's like when it actually rolls out, I guess. I like that's their new tagline, uh, American express platinum, the entertainment book of credit cards. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, if you use FHR, that's basically money in the bank right there. So I think it will come down to, do you use clear? Do you use FHR, the entertainment credit? It's very limited, so I wouldn't put a lot of value into that. But those two things right there could base more than offset the fee. So, you know, it'll work really well for some people. I think for the broad spectrum of Platinum users out, outside of the miles and points space, I don't know how, how much they'll, they'll like this change. Yeah, I mean, to your point, you're putting this money up front. So you don't want to just get your $695 back. You want to actually get benefit from this card. It's not the best earner 
you know, all these hoops to jump through. It's really a commitment, I think, for people. They're just, I think, hoping that people will pay the fee, wanting to cashier the card and, you know, trying to get all these sort of popular brands with younger people and trying to get them in there. So people, oh yeah, I got, I got my clear, I got my, I got my Peacock, I got my this, and it's paying for my Uber each month and trying to, to give you that value. But even if I got $800 or $900 of value, there's too much chance that I'm not going to use all of these benefits and I'm paying the $695. I would be, I don't know, I would highly recommend people do the math and make sure that this works for them. Again, a couple of years ago, this was a $450 annual fee went up to 550 now to 695. Yeah, one. and you're you're going to be losing uh guests in Centurion Lounge. You used to get AA Lounge for the lower price. You've lost stuff and they've added random. And a lot of these credits like Saks, I'm sure pays for it. Uber probably gives them a chunk of money for it. So it's not like they're coming out of pocket for this stuff either. But I know people were worried that the airline incidental was going away, so it looks like it's staying. So that kind of changes uh people's perspective perspective some, I'm sure. I got you on uh Peacock. Mark, I just went through the Peacock Originals, Vanderpump Dogs. I'm sure oh that's right up your alley. Oh. Yeah, that's, that, that's <laughs> How for did you, you not have that already, Mark? Come on. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I just need to watch them uh, bathing dogs. <laughs> I, was, right. uh, I, was, I was very happy that Peacock existed because it saved one of my favorite, like, kind of small shows, AP Bio, which is uh, one of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But, yeah, I mean, Peacock's fine. I get it with my cable because I have Comcast. And, you know, it's okay. They, they also have a show about uh, with uh, Sarah Bareilles and um, Renee Elise Goldsberry called Girls 5 Eva, which is like they were a one-hit wonder in the 90s and they're trying to become a band again when they're in their 40s. Um, so that show is pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is like the sky is falling, but this is a very not exciting change for this card. That's kind of my final verdict, but I don't want to like flip out about it either. Well, final, final verdict. I mean, are you more or less likely to recommend this card with the higher fee and the, and the new benefits? I mean, I know this isn't a card that we all really recommended before other than if you can get a good sign up bonus. And I mean, I, I think we all carry these cards, right? I have multiple platinums. I think many of us do. I mean, is this, are you less likely to recommend it now, Mark? Yeah, I am for sure. Uh, you know, and I, I have a platinum now, but I, it, it's basically like I keep them for a year. And if I don't get a retention offer, I close them. I never really thought they were overly valuable. I actually prefer, and I wrote this up a couple of weeks ago, I think I'm going to stick with the Delta Reserve card instead because, you know, I'm a Delta Hub, Delta Flyer. It gives me a lot of the similar lounge access, but also gives me perks when flying Delta or going for status. So if you do fly Delta, I think that's an option that you want to really check out and, and consider versus this. And then, you know, mainstream Joe that has this card, like your brother. Hey. that like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You know, they're not going to use a lot of this stuff. I mean, miles and points people, I'm sure, will will come out ahead if they really go for the value. But if you didn't want Peacock before, now that you get it free, is it really worth anything? I mean, it's nice to have, but what's that worth to you? A buck? Two bucks? You know, the, there's one show I want to see on it, and that was it. I could have done a free trial walk. Watched it in like two weeks and then canceled it. So yeah, but now you know about Vanderpump Dogs. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think your average Joe comment is perfect. Like in the past, when the American Express Platinum 
personal platinum had like the 100k bonuses i would be like for my kind of normie friends or like just casual miles and points people i'd be like yeah get that 100,000 points uh that's great you can you know bang out the credits to make up most of your 450 dollars they were fine if they didn't get like all of it back but now it's like you know i'm not gonna put this on my friends and they're gonna have to worry about like six or seven different things they have to redeem to make sure that the annual fee is worth it it's just not the same like i think people like us who are more steeped in this, we can probably still make the value work. But in terms of, you know, the normies, I'm just not even 150,000. Is it like worth it? Because, you know, like your normal friends, like they forget to cancel and stuff like that. And then, you know, you're, you're putting all this extra burden on them. If you're saying like, oh, you should go for this card. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think uh, we said all we had to say about this. It's going to work for some, probably not work for most, not an improvement in my book, more hoops to jump through. Not a fan of uh, the direction American Express has gone through in the last couple of years with their cards and uh, all these sort of fringe benefits. But they could have at least made think. the travel credit early, easier to use, or yeah. you know, like come on, give us that digital entertainment <laughs> credit. Two thumbs down. I should have read that carefully before. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think about these changes and if it's going to work for you. We have an article on the website. Leave a comment there. Check out our Facebook group, Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash miles to memories. And we will discuss it there as well. Joe had to take off a little bit early. So uh, he is not going to be around for rapid fires, but thanks to him. So uh, Mark, you want to start us off with rapid fire? Yeah, I wanted to do uh, Zoe's article from this weekend. um, 15 things tourists do in China that they shouldn't. Oh, so you stole my, you stole my rapid fire. Okay. (laughs) The one that I have on the list. Oh, oh, I didn't see it. My apologies. But um, so (laughs) so she's she's done the same thing for uh, Korea as well as Japan. And people seem to like him. Very uh, informative. She's lived in China for several years. So she she knows uh, a lot what people look for and what what mistakes people are made. So I found it really interesting. You know, some things you probably already know or or have heard of and some things you didn't. Um, So definitely check it out, you know, just for curiosity's sake or if you uh, when everything opens back up there uh, when you want to make a trip, make sure you bookmark it and come back to it. And how about you, Sean? I was going to say that that article is very accurate. I've been to China many times and uh, I did agree with a lot of it. Zoe continuing to do great stuff. I saw sort of her pipeline of articles that are coming uh, this morning. So she's got a lot of stuff still in the pipe coming. So it's exciting. I will have more of that from her. Uh, mine that I just uh, found on the fly here. And I'm glad I did is it was a guest post by Tim Greer, who is a member of our MTM Diamond Lounge. Uh, You can join patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. But he wrote us a guest post about uh, getting kits from CVS, right? About the whole process of doing self-testing in order to. Yeah, it's not it's not from CVS. He actually orders it. um, The airlines work with the company because the ones from CVS, I guess, for whatever reason, don't technically work for this. But um, each airline will have their own thing that you can order through it. So there should be a link for United. The one he used was through United, but American Airlines and stuff has it as well. But he does the whole process here. Pictures, like an amazing job. He spent the time to to do this and then send it to us so that we could share it with all of you. Thanks so much, uh, Tim, for that. And it's very yeah, thorough. Right. And I think it'll help kind of ease people's yeah. minds if they're going to do that. And I, and I like it, you know, if you're going to a country that you're, you know, more worried about the testing and where you're going to get it and if it will be done in time, you know, think, um, you know, not like England or something where, you know, you can find it pretty easily and you, and you trust the system or whatever, but somewhere that 
testing might be an issue this way you can do it and you know you know you're going to get it within a few hours 15 minutes they give you the test results and then they email it to you uh, shortly after so you can do it in your hotel room pretty much anytime you want so it's kind of cool and unique and I, I think it would definitely alleviate the stress um, of international travel for people that are worried about the testing coming back to the u.s and i think you get like six per box so if you have a family everybody should be able to use one which is also pretty cool all right well and that's going to do it for this week's show we'll have links to those in the show notes for joe who had a drop off early you can find everything that he does at as the and check out his disney podcast disney deciphered mark where can people find you during the week you can find me on twitter at detroit mark email me mark at miles memories.com comment on any of the articles on the website i'm on there all the time join our facebook groups uh we have a lot of people in there we're chatting all the time answering questions you know private message me if you don't feel comfortable posting in the group setting however you want to do it lots of ways how about you sean yeah, for uh, for our Vegas stuff, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and then miles to memories.com for all of our posts. And uh, we'll plug mtmvegas.com this week because that's where all of our Vegas content goes. So if you're interested in Vegas stuff for miles to memories, our podcast video and posts about Vegas are at mtmvegas.com or miles to memories.com for the miles points travel stuff as well. And uh, check out the MTM Vegas podcast. Search MTM Vegas in your favorite podcast app. Subscribe. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Help us get this launched the right way. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next time. See you next week.